Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the sparkling water space. You can learn all about an incredible new brand called Jelly Belly. I mean, like the coolest name ever. How can you not like Jelly Belly? And on today's co-founder, Stephen Joffer. Stephen, so great to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here, Justin. Really appreciate it. Dude, I, I, as I just said before we hit record, it's Friday afternoon and I was like all day, you know, I looked at the calendar and I saw Jelly Belly on the calendar end of the day. You can't help but smile and be like, this. I can't even wait to learn about this brand. Um, such a cool uh, brand that you guys are launching and some great flavors. We're going to jump right into that in a few moments. Before we do that, how about share a little bit about you and your background before you guys launch the business? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a uh been a really great journey. Me and my brothers co-founded the company together along with my parents. So um, there's five of us all together as co-founders. And so it's a family business. And we're actually um, a part of the Jelly Belly family as well. So that's a family company that goes back to 1869. And we all, me and my brothers are part of the sixth generation of that company. And so, yeah, sixth generation. And we ended up uh, starting this as the beverage company side of things to bring the brand into a new category and into a new space. And um, we've been really excited about how it's been received so far. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. your brothers are another Justin um, and yep. Ben. Uh, so the three of you guys, and with the parents, of course, but like, how did you guys decide, you know what, we're going to go create, uh, we're going to use the brand and create a beverage line. And then how did you decide to do it within the sparkling water space? Yeah, no. So kind of the genesis of the idea came at a family event that we were all at. We're, we're all uh, sparkling water drinkers ourselves. And as we were trying some of the other current brands in the category, we noticed a lack of variety and also a lack of um, genuine flavors that really nail what they're going after. You know, you try something and it's a berry maybe like you're not quite sure what it is (laughs) and it's like not sure which berry yeah yeah. but a berry hopefully (laughs) like it's not really not really sure and it was actually my dad who um came by and was like you know what would be perfect in sparkling water jelly belly it's a perfect fit and we were like oh my gosh that could work and so we started developing the flavors and the idea talked to our extended family to see what their thoughts were and they all gave us the thumbs up this would be a great idea and so so we really saw that you know jelly belly is known for flavor when you pick up a jelly belly jelly bean you know that it's going to taste exactly like what it says it could be anything from juicy pear to vomit but it's going to taste exactly (laughs) like what it says vomit yeah (laughs) <laughs> there's a couple others that are really bad too. I'm not going to mention. Them oh here, yeah, there's, but, um, some, there's some bad ones out there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so funny. Uh, you guys launched with some incredible flavors: uh, French vanilla, lemon lime, orange sherbet, pina colada, pink grapefruit, tangerine, very cherry, and watermelon. Oh my god! I mean, like plenty of. Did you? Okay. Once you decided we're going to do a beverage product, and I think you guys were at a Mother's Day party is what I read uh, mm-hmm. on um, another article. So it's one thing to have this idea and say, hey, we should use Jelly Belly and then make sparkling water. Like, How did you go from that to actually starting to create a product? Yeah, no. So thankfully, me and my brothers, we all had a very diverse background, which we were able to come together and 
kind of we each had our own different components and pieces that we could be able to contribute. And so one of my brothers, Justin, uh, he was at Jelly Belly in product development. And so he was very familiar with developing packaging and developing um, the style of the Jelly Belly brand and transferring it into a new category. And so he had worked with other licensed products and things like that previously. So he was able to come in and build kind of the packaging. My other brother was in real estate sales. And um, so he had a lot of sales experience and my dad being uh, at Jelly Belly for over 30 years in the sales department, he was able to start communicating with some of his network to see if there would be any sort of receptivity in the market. And so we were able to see immediately um, a a launch partner come in and say, hey, we would love to test this to see how it goes and and all of that. And so um, we, we immediately just started uh, basically hitting the ground running. So from idea to in market was around six to seven months with all eight wow. flavors. And so fast. it was Super a really fast. quick turnaround. We were entrepreneurs at heart. And so we, when we saw yeah. the idea, we, we believed that it could work. We just decided to go for it and, um, and get it out into the market to see how, how it would perform. So got it. You talked about packaging. You talked a little bit about sales and like testing. Would you know? Would would a retailer or would they carry it? And would somebody like to drink it? Mm-hmm. But how did you actually figure out the manufacturing? I mean, making these flavors is not you know a naturally easy process, and especially if you haven't been in the beverage space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So thankfully, Jelly Belly has some of the best con- flavor contacts in the world, and so we were able to go to flavor houses and say, "Hey, this is what we're going for." And we had a great advantage knowing the exact flavor profiles that we were trying to hit. Because when people pick up a Jelly Belly sparkling water, they're going to expect the same flavor profiles that come from a jelly bean. So we're not just going for a generic watermelon. We're going for the Jelly Belly watermelon flavor. And so if it doesn't hit that, we're not launching it. And so it's, right. it's, it's a very specific. And so that gave us a great leg up on our, on our flavor development process to be able to make sure that, you know, we're going in the exact right direction on that. So that way the, um, the, the customers are, are, are getting what they expect. And so that was kind of, kind of the first step on, on that side of things. And you, you decide to go with eight. I mean, like I, I, as we were talking before, I, I have a lot of entrepreneurs on, they start with, mm-hmm. let's say three, they might have instant. They, nobody, do, people don't want to do one. They usually do three because yeah. a, a retailer typically wants to have multiple items on the shelf. How did you guys decide to go to, with eight? Yeah, well, we were told that eight was way too many. <laughs> a couple <laughs> right. times. I mean, <laughs> that was uh, that was something Let's that we heard a couple see times. What sells. We're just going with eight. Well, uh, we we actually did have a strategy behind it. Is it was a, our first test. We wanted to see what the market had an affinity for. So we had three flavors that were standards of the sparkling water industry. So we had lemon, lime, tangerine, and pink grapefruit. Those ones are ones that are standards that a lot of the other brands have. But then we had iconic Jelly Belly flavors like Very Cherry and Watermelon. Very much, Very Cherry is the number one Jelly Belly Jelly bean watermelon is in the top 10. And so we knew that these ones, we wanted to try to see how it would be received in the sparkling water category. And then we had uh, a few that were totally unique to the sparkling water category that no one else had really offered, as well as being strong Jelly Belly flavors. So flavors like orange sherbet, French vanilla, pina colada, those were ones that were very unique to the sparkling water category, as well as very strong Jelly Belly flavors. So we wanted to see which which slot would basically generate the most demand in the in the uh, sparkling water category. And it turns out Jelly Belly, Jelly Bean flavors that are the most popular, those are the ones that perform the best. Jelly Belly, Very Cherry, and Watermelon, those were the ones that, that really had a great affinity and also things that were very unique, like Orange Sherbet, 
French vanilla, pina colada, those ones performed very well. Uh, funny enough, the standards of the sparkling water industry didn't perform as well. And so since then, we've taken a really strong pivot towards very unique flavors and very strong jelly belly flavors. And that's why we went into Juicy Pear next. And then today is actually National Chocolate Day, turns out. Yeah, it's National Chocolate Day. I and we know that. Yep, National Chocolate Day. And we just launched our chocolate sparkling water flavor here chocolate last month. sparkling water? Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's a That's fantastic, fantastic new flavor. I need, like, gra- the grape flavor. Um, So, did uh, this is great. Uh, one thing you did not have to do was train a consumer in your brand, which I think mm-hmm. is such a cool thing. Like it's already yeah. a leg up that when you say Jelly Belly, people go, "Oh, I, I know," and I know the, I know most of the flavors, and I've actually probably tried some of those ones that are really bad, um, yep. and the ones I love. Were there any flavors that didn't make the cut? So you're like, okay, we're gonna start with eight. But did you have to start with like actually 16 or 20 to narrow it down to eight? Or did uh, you just get get the eight right away? No, yeah. We started with more than eight. It was hard, honestly, to d- narrow it down to eight. We, <laughs> it, sure. took, it took discipline <laughs> to get down to eight. And when people said like four or three, we were like, oh, man, I don't think oh, we can do that. No. And so right. it took discipline to get down to that initial eight um because of the wide variety of jelly belly flavors and everybody has their favorite and really what our ultimate goal is to continue to innovate and continue to um grow the category by by launching new flavors so that way eventually we can have a flavor for everyone where it doesn't matter if you're looking for uh something like a juicy pear to watermelon or an orange sherbet we have your favorite flavor available for you that's pretty cool um love that so and i'm guessing also that gives you some like things to look forward to right you have almost a product roadmap of other flavors that you can add over time yeah definitely they we have a lot of things coming up (laughs) over the course (laughs) of next year we have um we've presented some really great new items that are in development unfortunately if i told you my brothers would kill me so (laughs) that's okay (laughs) you got to come back on when you launch them you can come back on and tell us about it exactly we'll we'll come back and tell you about them about them when they come out yeah, the can designs are great. I love the um, like there's the colors pop and everything, and it's easy to it kind of it's it's you know, it's, it's attractive. Um, do you do multi packs? I and I see you're selling uh on Amazon as well as through retail. But like, do you do multi packs or is everything like each SKU is in its own case? Yeah, so we actually um we actually have a, a multi pack and eight pack of twelve ounce cans as well as sixteen ounce single serve cans. And so in the beverage category, the sixteen ounce single serve can is the primary packaging style for the convenience class of trade as well as small format stores. However, the eight packs of 12 ounce cans are the primary packaging style for grocery and more large format stores. And so our primary emphasis has been on grocery with the eight packs, as well as offering the 16 ounce for cold boxes and and different refrigerator sets. And then we've just started to expand into the convenience store channel as well with the single serve 16 ounce cans. Love it. I mean, you're throwing out a lot of like vernacular around the industry, the beverage industry, which you obviously have learned. Did you know that going into this or did you guys, you and Justin and Ben have to figure that out, you know, to learn how the beverage industry works? It was mostly drinking from a firehouse. <laughs> sure. It was it was a lot. So my actual previous experience was at a, as a middle school pastor right after graduation. And so it was I kind of a, your LinkedIn. Yeah, kind That's of a awesome. hard left turn into the beverage industry. But um, I actually learned some incredible things from that that I've been able to carry over in the business. But, um, you know, there's definitely been a big learning curve. We, we know candy very well. I mean, 
growing up sitting around the dinner table, we talked a lot about business growing up. And so I was able to have a lot of that background, thankfully, but the beverage industry is its own animal in a lot of ways. And so we definitely had to learn a lot over the last few years. I bet. Yeah. Uh, you guys started off in, you launched into high V stores. I, I believe I got this right. Chain of more than, they've got more than almost 300 stores actually in the Midwest. Um, did you already have distribution? How did you figure that out? I mean, it's not so simple. To, it's, it's one thing to deliver to one store. You get 10 stores. That's a lot. A hundred, couple hundred stores. Like how did you guys sort through that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Distribution is actually one of the biggest um, biggest problems in the beverage industry that you have to overcome. And thankfully, with our first initial test at Hy-Vee, the Hy-Vee itself did self-distribution through their through their warehouses. So we ended up being able to just sell directly to them and they both delivered and merchandised our product at all 200 stores. And wow. so in return, nice. we, we then were able to push their, uh, their name through our PR uh, PR machine, which generated over 250 million impressions when we did our initial launch. And so their name was all over that. It drove a ton of people to their stores. And um, so that's kind of how we were able to land going direct through them. Since then, we've been able Got to it. come up with a variety of distri- different distribution uh solutions for a variety of different retailers, whether that's through DSD, um, through uh, going direct and a few other options as well. And what, and ter- how are you pursuing these other retailers? Um, like, I, 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 who's reaching out? What's your message? You know, are you using your network or is it tr- truly cold calling the buyers and whatnot? Yeah, so we've been able to piggyback on some of the network that Jelly Belly has already in place with a lot of their relationships. However, the beverage buyer is different from the candy buyer. So it is a lot of cold calls still. Totally. Yep. And yep. So, yeah. So, but we've also, uh, one of the things we're really, believe is very strong or very important about being an entrepreneur is is building a strong team because we know that we don't know everything. And so we've been able to bring in a national director of sales who was previously in the, in the beverage industry for the over 15 years, I believe. And so he has a lot of relationships that he's built up. That's been able to uh, really open a lot of doors for us and be able to get a lot of introductions in place. And, and so that's been, been a great help. And, and team is something that we really emphasize at Jaffa Beverage. So I think that's so smart that you did that. Um, you you and your brothers, you mentioned earlier, Justin kind of focused on the packaging at first and Ben from on the sales side. How have you guys divided up the work? Like who does what? Is someone like marketing and sales? Someone is ops and supply chain. Someone is, you know, innovation and new product. Like how do you guys divide it up? Yeah. Well, we all kind of have our hands in all the pies. So it's not necessarily strict (laughs) divisions. Um, We all work on everything and we're all involved in everything. There's different emphases. Me and my brother, Ben, we're primarily sales and, uh, you know, consumer relations, customer relations and, and building out our distribution network and really that side of things. And then Justin is primarily on the uh, manufacturing, product development, packaging, as well as logistics with shipping and things like that. And so we we all have our hand in a little bit of everything. We're all contributing to to all of the different functions. However, we do have it divided up a little bit. And then my dad is uh, have been helping out quite a bit with more of like the legal and some more of the HR kind of stuff with his Got experience. It. Yeah, those things are important. I mean, yep. don't even yep. think about that, you know. Um, as you look to the next six to 12 months and you think about, you mentioned a couple of new flavors that coming in. Um, look, what, what are the keys to growth? Is it picking up more retail stores? Is it uh, seeing your e-commerce uh, channel grow? What does that look like? 
Yeah, both of those are definite emphasis looking into 2023. We've been able to, uh, this last year, open up a variety of, of new doors, which have all gone very well. And now going into this next year, we're looking to capitalize on that, both by increasing presence in the stores that we already have through secondary locations, as well as adding more doors uh, on top of that. And so um, the beverage industry is actually the... Uh, of all the categories in a grocery store, it's the most affected by secondary locations. Um, you know, if you have, uh, if you're going into a grocery store looking for some detergent, it doesn't really matter if it's on display or not. But if it's on display um, within the sparkling water category and the beverage category as a whole, that's very important. So that's a big push for us looking into next year, adding secondary locations within the stores that we already have, as well as adding new doors. And then we are just uh, developing our Amazon and direct-to-consumer site, uh, which has been a really fantastic addition. So Amazon is going to be a big push for us looking into next year. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I always love to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned in launching uh, a new brand. And I'm sure you've had a few. What would be like two or three things you'd offer to our audience in terms of thinking back over? The, just been You've been just going this a couple of years now, but like, what would be two or three things you'd offer in terms of advice? Um, plan for a pandemic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right. We didn't talk about that today. I've tried to kind of get out of like talking we're, about we're that. We're out of it now. So it's old. in the past. Yeah, right. no. Um, no, I would definitely say if you have an idea, go for it. Um, you're never going to know everything about the industry that you're going into. And so go ahead and launch the product, create the service, whatever it is, um, enter into it because, um, oftentimes and a lot of time doing a lot of research and things, which is really great, helpful, but some things that um, so sometimes when, when you realize that the opportunity is in front of you, go ahead and go for it. And, and one thing that's really been helpful for us is identifying our target market and the people that we're serving. Because really the companies that win are the are the companies that serve their customers best. And so if you have a clear understanding of who you're serving, and why they need what you offer, that's the winning combination that you're then able to be able to build a company off of. I love that advice. How have you gotten to know who your consumer is and, and understand them? What, what, what are the ways you're doing that? Initially, right off the bat, we were in the stores and really in the stores at the initial test, talking to people and making sure that we knew who was buying our, our, our products. And one of the prime examples of that was my brother. He was sampling and talking to people and a family walked in, a mom with two kids, and she started buying every single one of our all eight flavors and putting them <laughs> oh all gosh. in her cart. Hey, <laughs> and, awesome. and my brother was like, hey, like what what what's your thoughts like what why are you buying it you know just talking to her and she was like you know i'm really excited about this because i love sparkling water myself she was a millennial mom she is already familiar with sparkling water the flavor profiles all those kinds of things but she's like i'm so excited because i can give it to my kids because the kids are excited about the jelly Belly brand the fun flavors like orange sherbet and and stuff like that they they're all excited about it and so we knew from very early on that our primary target was moms and kids and the family and we realized that that actually was a very big white space within the sparkling water category none of the other brands were really tapping into the moms and kids and the jelly belly brand being as fun and it makes people smile like you said at the beginning that, that right. there's just a really strong affinity for that. And so we knew right away that that was our target and that's who we were going to be serving. Dude, I am so excited for you guys. Like, I, you know, I, you guys have a great stretch and runway in front of you. 
um, for this brand and in retail and beyond in marketplaces and whatnot. And then maybe even like more in global, like other international locations, you know, as people know the brand. Um, super excited. You got to come back on down the road, share with us more, uh, more stories, uh, bring your brothers, uh-huh. bring, uh, tell us about the new flavors. But um, before we go, how about share with our audience where they can find you, learn more about the brand, et cetera. Absolutely. So if you're looking to, as a consumer to buy online, Amazon would be the place to go. That's, that's the primary place. Um, as well as if uh, any retailers are also listening to, we have a direct retailer site as well for smaller mom and pop stores like that. Um, you can find me personally on LinkedIn um, at Stephen Joffer, and I'd love to connect and talk with, talk with anybody. I love it. Jellybelly.com. So great having you, man. It's been fun uh, meeting you, getting to know you, Stephen. Been uh, a blast today. And like I said, let's stay in touch and have you back on down the road. Awesome. Sounds great. I really appreciate it, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.